Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Truth University podcast. This is your host, Jonathan Edwards, and this is the first day of pre-planning week for me. So, one thing I wanted to discuss in my last post on Instagram, I mentioned that the name of the podcast would be changing from Adversity Addict to Truth University. And let me explain why. Um, I truly believe there's a lot of power in the words you choose, say, and um, there sh- should be very purposeful, tactful, and intended for the message you're trying to deliver at the time. So, um, and the reason why I say that is Adversity Addict, just by the name of it, I feel like was a name that was attracting more adversity. Um, because all my life I've looked at myself as an adversity addict. So I think it was the perfect first actual business for me to start. It was the first business corporation that I actually put in my name, went all the way through with, invested money into branding, invested money into apparel, um, invested uh, time into the podcast so far, 10 episodes in, um, and overall, it was my it was my way of showing my resilience to whatever I was going through in life. But I was always going to strive for more um, and face whatever adversity came my way. Um, but at the same time, your subconscious mind hears adversity, adversity all the time. And it's almost like the adversity just kept rolling. And it was nice to be able to prove to myself that I wasn't phased by the adversity. But at the same time, um, I was battling with the name to call the podcast. And originally, I wanted it to be Truth University because I wanted this to be the podcast to talk about the things that were going to be on the website, um, which I'm building, and my link to education and all, all the things that I'm doing. And Adversity Addict was something I just didn't want to let go because it was my baby, right? You know, it was my, that was my, that was my first name and I didn't want to just let it go, but I had to realize that I had to let that go to really focus on Truth University. And just the name Truth, I mean, I say Truth, Truth, Truth. I'm going to attract honesty. I'm going to attract realness, um, positivity, all the things that I'm really looking for because it's Truth University, education. So um, although Adversity Addict, technically the name Adversity is attracting adversity, it had its very specific purpose because it got me through a very difficult time um, for me to find myself. So, you know, Adversity Addict will always have a special place in my heart. It was the... uh, it was the first time that I had been, um, I had donated, you know, through my a business. So I was able to sponsor a school to attend, you know, one of my good friend Alcy Walker's Black Girl Magic Showcase. <laughs> so you know, Adversity Attic, you'll see the name still popping up on things, but uh, as far as the focus, the, the energy, the energy, the passion, the love, it's got to be poured behind the Truth University brand. And adversity had taught me a lot of the business lessons that you need to kind of fail to learn. So, new school year, 
new season, 10 episodes down for Adversity Attic, that season's over, the podcast, we're starting a new season, it's a new school year, it's the first day back for assistant principals, and um, I'm going to document this experience as a second year AP, because the first year AP experience, I did not document like I wanted to, and now I find myself trying to remember, like, what what was that like, and how would I help somebody through it? Because I think as a leader, it's very important to pave the way for the next line, the next lineage, um, immediately. Um, because you want to surround yourself with good people. So I feel like the, the better teacher leader that I am and encourager for teachers to cross that line and go into the, you know, mysterious, the dark side, the, um, the, the better success I'll have as a principal one day because the people that I was around as an AP will now be APs and they would have gotten better experiences than me. And I got great experiences. I was fortunate to be a behavior specialist or a dean, depending you know, what region you, what you call that position, under two great principals. And one was a seasoned principal, and one was a new principal. So I got the vision of two great leaders, but also at different stages of their career and different generations. So I got the best of both worlds. And I also got the experience of upper-class um, suburban school, um, where many of the students were in a financial, you know, in a blessed financial position, but also many of the students in that school um, were also, you know, fleeing from countries where their families were being persecuted. So you had a lot of first-generation Americans. You had um, a lot of ESOL students. The school was a majority Hispanic school. And so you got that dynamic of a, of a tight-knit community, um, with its own challenges. And then I'm at a different school now where it's literally like, it's right in the middle of Broward County, which I, uh, you know, I, uh, I live in Fort Lauderdale area. So it literally, the boundary goes from east to west. So you get a mix of everything. It's, um, if you look at like the cities, we're not even like the whole county's demographic breakdown the school almost mirrors it type thing, you know? So that comes with its own problems and challenges too when you mix, you know, some urban environments mixed with, you know, all the way to the same central students in my old school, um, different needs. Um, but the funny thing is things are very similar. And, you know, despite the socioeconomic gaps and the race gaps and all the things that we create in our society and that we have to overcome in society. When you just look at children's behavior, man, kids are kids. It's very similar problems. They're just different circumstances. But all centered around self-esteem, understanding one's worth and place in the world, um, direction, guidance, busy parents, you know, with, with the economic situation of our country, you know, either you got parents that are struggling to find work, 
struggling to maintain work, or they have to work a lot to maintain the lifestyle they provided for the kids. So, you know, you got a lot of parents who are busy. And, um, you know, whether it's the absentee father or whether it's the working father or whether it's the stay-at-home mom um, or the workaholic mother or whatever situation where there's an absent parent, you know, the death or incarceration or, you know, what, whatever the situation, parents are just not it is a lot more difficult for parents to be involved in a child's life now as far as the, what's going on on the daily because they actually are busy too working. Um, whereas if you look at like, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, you know, a family could survive off one income. So now it's, uh, it's created situations. It's, it's a different world. So... There's, so, there's a lot of challenges, and I'm glad, and I kind of, you know, went into a different topic a little bit, but it just shows the difference in, like, the, the need for great leadership in schools to look beyond just test scores, look beyond what kids are just doing on paper, but what is going on in their lives. So this year, I plan to document that stuff. I want it to be known. I want, it, I, want, I want it to be seen for what the job really is and to be as, um, and to be as open as possible without, obviously, like, there's certain things due to HIPAA laws and confidentiality that I, I wouldn't air or discuss, but overall, this is a job profession that people are leaving, and, um, and we need to keep good people in it. So that's my MO this year. Um, so Adversity Attic is done. I'm going to be filming more, vlogging more, podcasting more. Took a break so I could actually enjoy my, you know, one week of summer vacation. And now we're back at the grind. So um, I know Anchor has a feature on there where you can, you can call a question in. So I would really like um, to start having a Q&A part of my podcast. So when you call in a question, it's actually going like, to be a voicemail. And from that voicemail, I can listen to the voicemail. Um, it, I can include a clip of it in, or I can just answer the question from the voicemail. And I want to answer some questions based on the voicemails that I'm getting. On, um, You know, if you're into education, like what would you really... What are some things you've always wanted to ask an assistant principal, but and get the real answer for it? You know, like the real out of their job capacity, they're not in their building. You know, you're at a you're at a coffee shop with one, and you wanted to just know, like, hey, can you explain this to me? You know, I'm here for that, so please, like, send me questions. You know, part of earning trust in the system that I feel like people are losing trust in is being transparent, you know, and, um, you know, one of the topics that I'm going to push for majorly is financial education, so the reason why I said this, uh, you know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad again when I became a dad, 
and then that was a very different experience from reading when I was younger to reading it as a father now and asking myself, you know, like, there are certain things about money that my father didn't teach me. And in my early 20s, I was, like, upset about it when I read the book. But now I look at it like, I can't be mad that he didn't teach me something he wasn't taught or knew. So it's my responsibility to change the forecast for the future generations, including my own daughter. So... So I think it's very important to learn a lot of the lessons from that book. Um, if financial education just isn't taught in school, and you know, one of the real conversations I have with people is that school is great in the aspect that it will prepare you to be a great employee if you really take it serious, but it'll never really prepare you to really be fully independent. Because it doesn't teach you about financial independence. And I think that's a problem. I think it's a flawed error in the system. Um, I went to college. I'm a college grad. I have two degrees. So I think college is great. But I really believe college is not for everybody. And when I say that, I don't mean that we should be excluding certain people because I don't think they're smart enough for college. I feel like that gets used in the argument, like, well, you're, you're not really an academic person, so college isn't for you. No. College might not be for that 5.0 student also. You know, college might not be for the kid who is already building computers at 13 years old. He's got straight A's. He can go to whatever college he wants, but he could also start a business right now and make his tuition in cash. So then i got to ask you this, right? If a, if a child is able to generate the income of, let's say, $50,000 a year, right, in the tech industry on their own, whether they're building websites, selling logos, whatever they're doing, to put that money in a college degree is an unwise financial decision. Okay? My opinion. You ask why. Here's why. Um... The college degree is not going to generate income from you. The college degree is going to give you a piece of paper that certifies that you can work for somebody else. But if you're already working for yourself, why would you not take that $50,000 and put that as a down payment on a duplex? And then rent out the other unit. And then now you're living rent-free at 18 years old in your other unit because the other unit is paying your mortgage. And then now you're building computers and whatever you're doing. And then now maybe you go to college. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying don't ever go to college because maybe he needs certain courses or an education in the IT field or in coding that he's not learning on his own. And he needs that guidance. But to say that college is a, this push for college immediately right after high school I'm just not seeing the benefit in it because what I'm seeing is a lot of 24-year-olds with debt and no job, and then now they're working a job which they didn't even need a degree for fresh out of college, whereas if they, ha- if they just worked that job they didn't even need their college degree for, 
saved up some money and invested it in something and let that money grow, they could then pay for their college, not have debt, and also have passive income. So I ask you, like, why would you, like, a student loan was preached to us that it was a good debt. Good debt, a good debt. I'm like, and now look at it, like, no, debt is not good. Like, I don't, I don't know how a student loan is a good debt. <laughs> like, there are people in my profession that are still paying off their student loans. So, like, now it's like, okay, is it a good debt because you wouldn't be able to do your dream job without it? Okay, I, I, I guess I understand that because then it's a, that's more of a philosophical question, like, on happiness. But to say that it's a good financial decision, it's not. I would have been better off buying a house than paying for my master's degree cash financially right now. Or buying an investment property. Now, happiness, I'm very happy that I'm an assistant principal. You know, because I'm in a position in the school where I'm not tied down to one room. And I can actually, you know, do what I want to do and help kids and talk to kids. And yes, there's paperwork and other things and job requirements that I have to do to be able to do that, but I have the, the, the freedom of not being locked down to one location or one room of the school. I'm able to move around the school and work. So from a happiness standpoint, great decision. From my financial standpoint, a better decision, honestly, would have been to take $35,000 I had in cash and not buy my master's degree. And to buy an income property. You know? So, that's my example. You know, I have the blessing that I was able to get out of school. I didn't, I don't have student loans. So that's a blessing. And I'm very grateful for that. So I don't regret any decisions I've made. But however, I have learned from them. And I would advise others to do differently. Because there's really no rush. I found myself in this huge rush to get there. You know, I want to be an AP. I want to be an AP. And and then I'm here. And it's a great, but there's really nothing to rush for. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I had things that made me patient. I'm glad I didn't get in the lead program three times. You know, I'm very fortunate that I didn't get my first job interview. And that even after I was on my leadership program, I still had to wait a year as a behavior specialist. Like, I'm glad for all of that because all of those experiences shaped me for who I am now. They made me resilient. They made me that whole adversity. I had. Like, they made me question, did I really want to do this? And then for me to persist forward. So if I never had roadblocks in the way, I feel like I would have went forward with blinders and then been more surprised about what the job is versus... You know, being able to sit back and just observe great leaders in action um, for a longer period of time and then really know that I wanted to do this work. So, talked a lot about different topics today, but that's kind of like my drive to work. I just kind of brain dump what's going on. Um, so, that's just my reflection, my, my angle this year. I want to talk to a lot of kids about what their passion is, and I want to teach them how to monetize it. That's going to be my goal. I'm not going to stress kids about grades. I'm not going to stress kids about anything other than what is their passion 
how can you monetize it? I really feel if I focus on that, they're going to come to school more because they're going to have these conversations with me. And then they're going to do better in school because now I'm going to be able to use that as the link to why, hey, you, you, you want to get rich? Pay attention to math. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take statistics. Take AP Econ. You know, like, go for it. Push yourself. And don't be afraid to fail because you want to be in business and you can't be afraid to fail. So show up to class and take the test. Don't avoid it. Don't skip class because you think you're going to fail the test. Take the test. Get the feedback. Go to the teacher. Look at them in the eye. You know, tell them, hey, I, I didn't do well. What can I do for to be better? All of those skills are going to make you better in business. So why not? You know? And, um... And I, I really feel like if I focus on what is kids' passion and mon- help them monetize it, they're going to really see the resources that they have in school. So, like, when I say college isn't for everybody, it may not be. But high school? Man, high school is, if you pay attention to what they have, listen, you can take a class on Photoshop for free. You can take a class on web design for free. Coding for free. Engineering for free. Construction for free. Music for free. Art for free. All of these areas of interest you get to take for free in the form of electives. You also get math, reading, writing, foreign languages. You don't have to pay for Rosetta Stone later. Take the foreign language and really, really try hard now. So there's plenty of opportunity in high school that a high school diploma is, is good enough more than good enough to lead you to be successful in life. You just have to value it as that. And I think we're in an era with so much college prep that we've lost the importance of what really is in a high school diploma. Like because of because we're letting jobs dictate what our value is in education, we've undermined the high school diploma for the bachelor's degree. I feel like the bachelor's degree is the 2019 version of a high school diploma. If you go back, you know, 30, 40 years. And that's that's ridiculous because looking at the top CEOs right now, they're not hiring based on degrees. They're hiring based on body of work and ethic and principles and character and all the things that, intangibles that are not that are not uh, documented on the transcript. And they're quick to hire, but they're also quick to fire. So it's kind of the beauty and nature of the beast, you know? And I think that I think that that's what we got to start preparing our kids for. And if college is for them, they're going to go. You know, like, at the end of the day, if Johnny wants to be a doctor, Johnny's going to med school. But if we taught Johnny business practices before he went to med school, he's going to be even a better doctor because he's going to know how to run his practice, which is something you don't learn in med school. You know, Susie wants to be a psychologist. Awesome. Go get your degree. You are going to spend a lot of money on that college degree. But if you want the knowledge and the ability to be able to treat people in a therapeutic setting, that's beautiful. Do it. But at least in your high school, you taught you taught the skills about money and how to run a business. Because that's the only way you're going to run a successful practice. Now your options are not just working for a hospital or a clinic, or a hotline, or whatever, or school, or whatever's going to employ you, you're, 
your doctorate degree, you can monetize yourself. You know how to advertise. You know how to use digital art and social media to profit. So either way, like whatever you're doing, you want to be a lawyer, like there's certain things you need to go to college for. Teacher, gotta go to college to be a teacher. Don't you think you'd be even a better teacher though? If you understood how business worked. So that now you can connect your course content. So that now you're you're showing the practical application to your course. So when kids are like, why do I have to learn Algebra 2? This is blah, 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 blah. And the teacher hits you with the, well, you know, parabola is a bridge. And Like when they hit you with all those examples. Now I can take that to a deeper story. You know? Now I can talk about what it's like to be an engineer and how you can be an engineer by learning these, you know, this and this and that and how I can monetize this into a career. And look, here's an example of some work I did, some freelance work I did with my Algebra 2 skills. Oh, wow. You know, or with my engineering skills or my physics skills or whatever. So or tutoring if you need to over the summer. So it's never a bad look. It's it's not taking away from the core curricula, it's not taking away from, you know, what high school is all about, but it's necessary, so, peace, bless, have a great day, it's a brand new year, and, um, let's just get it, guys, let's just get, let's go after it, all right, so thank you for tuning into the Truth University podcast, it's Jonathan Edwards, I hope you guys have a blessed day.